Welcome back to Talking Supercoach with Streedy and Oz. And the week that we have been looking forward to for weeks and weeks and weeks has finally arrived. The dreaded round 14 by, uh, made even worse by the, the round shuffle, uh, obviously, with the, the Richmond and West Coast game changing. It's upon us, uh, I'm sure, like uh, like many coaches out there. Streety, you probably have your, your challenges to deal with this week. I know I do. So hopefully, over the course of the next 60 minutes or so, we're able to help you out. But before we do, mate... Two weeks in a row, you got the chocolates. You beat me just, but you got me again. Hey, yeah, man, isn't isn't that exciting? I uh, I'm a I'm a buy specialist uh, because you know about the buys. Like it, it actually requires a little bit of strategy uh, <laughs> rather than just pure luck, uh, which is why I actually do well during them every year. And then when we come out of the buys, go back to the round fifteen or whatever it is, and it's normal super coach, I'll go to shit again. But at the moment. <laughs> Uh, we can actually like put plans in place a few weeks beforehand. You know, even think about like the start of the season. You make a bunch of trades. You pull levers. You do things. I actually do well. So there you go. There's something in that. I wish super coaches more like that every week. Um, you know, have more trades, make it more fun, allow people to do more things. Um, note to super coach because uh, mate, the buys are fun. Uh, they're great. Like it's annoying that there's less games on the weekend, but being able to trade and not only be able to trade, but be able to do. Uh, more risky, more clever, more strategic moves like we talked about last week, like we're going to talk about again, like we've both already done, is awesome. Like it's why we play Supercoach. Um, and I don't know, I just reckon it should be looked at. Yeah, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I feel like it, it helps change the concept of guns and rookies exclusively and you mm. never do a trade for anything that isn't a gun or a rookie. So, yeah, there's something in it. I don't know what it is because I do feel like the sanctity of Supercoach needs to be looked after in that having unlimited trades can just turn it into a dog's breakfast. But you're not wrong. It's been fun. It's been real fun uh, the last couple of weeks and I'm terrified of this week. But, again, it means it's fun. Like, yeah, um, just, maybe yeah. it's not unlimited. I don't think it's like unlimited, but it's give more trades because trading's fun as well. Like I this week, not this week, like next week, I'm already bored about like the following few weeks. Like it's been so fun to come up with trade plans and look at different <laughs> combos and stuff. And then next week we go to like I've only got like three trades left, so I'm not gonna be able to do anything and I'm already bored. So like there's there's something to the dream team model, once again, the AFL fancy model where if you just gave us two trades a week for the rest of the season where you could pull levers, try and get sweet bench players to, mm-hmm. um, you know, forwards that could go big or just have a little bit of fun. And as I've said a few times, I reckon that would create more variety in teams rather than the opposite where people think it would actually, people would end up the same teams. But yeah, I reckon, anyway. I reckon you're pretty close, mate. But uh, all right, well, as I mentioned, you did just pit me. Uh, what'd you score? What trades you do? Uh, trades might be hard because it, there was a few of them. Mm-hmm. I should prep for this question. Yeah, it comes uh, every it week. Comes I can lead off week. if you want, mate. You, can, can you lead, lead off. off and you lead off and let me uh, let me scramble so, through that. <laughs> you can you can do what you need to do. I uh, I was twenty ninety three this week. <laughs> nice try. Uh, yeah, I know. So seven <laughs> spoilers, seven points behind you, um, which I was pretty damn happy with. Jumped up uh, another hundred and thirty spots, so up to hundred and twentieth overall, mate. So back uh, made up the ground that I essentially lost uh, lost last week. So you know that kind of helps counteract that. And then we've obviously got a big week of moving this week. In terms of trades, uh, what did I end up doing? I went Highmore out, which, wow, that was stiff. Um, 
to uh, brought in Tomahawk, which I suppose helped to counteract that. He played pretty well, but losing Highmore was frustrating. Brought in Whitfield, um, abandoned Collier Dawkins, as I feel most uh, players would have, and then embraced the risk, mate. I went all out. Like you were saying, this uh, these couple of rounds have given us a chance to, to do some trades we wouldn't normally do. Um, and because we have four trades this week, I decided to ditch Zorko and Grundy, both of them, um, and brought in Newcomb, Early, and Coleman Jones. So logic behind that being normally would never trade out Grundy, uh, obviously with him only missing a couple of weeks and probably playing in two. But being able to use four trades this week and spread that cash out across four players as opposed to traditionally one upgrade um, just seemed to make the most sense. And I'm going to have to do that this week. I'm going to have to trade four players. So, yeah, that's what I did, mate. What would you do? That's good. Um, how fun, though? Like, how fun is that, being able mm. to pull the trigger on Grundy where still a lot of people, myself included, haven't? Uh, mm. So, once again, even though you've added trades, it's just allowed for some uh, to take that risk and you know use that money elsewhere. But anyway, uh, what I do? So yeah, beat you by seven points. Uh, went up in the rankings. Actually doing semi okay this year for me, which is big. Uh, so I also traded Zorko out. Went Zorko to Hawkins. Jumped on that bandwagon with you on the Thursday night, which was quite fun. I, I do fun. like. I do enjoy having key forwards in my team. I've missed Buddy. I mean, obviously, I love Buddy. He's been my favorite player of the journey. Uh, and obviously, I haven't had him in the last two to three years. And it's not the same. So Hawkins, obviously no Buddy, but just still fun to own. Like, he was on 50 at quarter time, went backwards in the second quarter, gave away 50, <laughs> kicked a couple of late goals on like 70, 80, 80 at halftime, did nothing in the third. I think he had like two dream team. And then I uh, did a bit in the last. So, man, just a roller coaster, in game roller coaster, uh, as well as a no doubt out of game each week roller coaster. But anyway, fun. Uh, went Jordan out. That hurt. Uh, that was in preparation for this week. So didn't in his defensive role. Obviously didn't expect him to score so, so well and he got 100, um, which was disappointing. Uh, went to Newcomb though. So whatever, fine. Better for the long-term team. Uh, also went Collier Dawkins out. Uh, went him to Reeves though. So that sucked. Uh, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, I had to pull the trigger on Thursday. Well, I didn't have to, but I did. Um, I don't normally do that either. I was just sick of it, sick of all the MPP and things didn't go wrong. You're like, you know what? His name, just going to do it. Then he was a laid out. And that one's really stuffed me. Uh, hurts quite a bit, actually, because obviously I would have done CCJ, um, who played, scored okay, and you know will make money. So that one hurts a lot. Uh, and just dumb, just dumb as well. Like I'm annoyed at myself uh, for it. Uh, and then went Mansell out. Uh, for Stuart. Uh, so, yeah, just go out of an absolute dead weight uh, for Tom Stewart, who was excellent against he, uh, Port Adelaide. He was good. He will get a mention later as well, spoilers. The uh, the Reeves one was frustrating. Maybe we don't dive too much into it now because I think it will get a run later. Uh, but, yeah, just here's an idea. If the guy's injured, just say he's injured football clubs. Um, mate, before we get into the traded ins and traded outs, because I think this could be the most fun week of that, probably for the entire season, because gosh knows what people are looking to do. Um, the big question I think on everyone's mind at the moment is sidewaysing and trading out premiums and trading out players you don't really want to trade out to try and get to 18 this week. Now, looking at our squads, I know we're going to be cutting it very fine. Um, I'm likely to end up probably with 17, I reckon, um, unless Reeves miraculously plays over Segler, but I would very much doubt that. Um, so I'm, I'm probably short even using all my trades. But it, essentially, I think the question that people want to know is, do we sideways trade to get to 18 and then 
do I trade beyond that as well? Um, and I know it's player dependent, but I guess I want your thoughts in general on sideways trading to get as many players on and, and get rid of zeros uh, and where you might draw the line. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. Uh, I think it's uh, you just got to factor in like what that player is going to get. So if you're sideways in and you end up with an additional rookie uh, who I don't even know who that is, um, maybe one who's named this week, yep. that's 50 points. Like that's probably not worth a trade if you don't really want that player in the run home or it doesn't really help your team moving forward. Uh, that trade will 100% gain you more than 50 points um, at some point in the remainder of the season. Uh, trading out premiums, look, I think it's, um, yeah, it's definitely valid. Uh, and, you know, you can have an instant game like I and you, and I'm sure we're going to go into races shortly. But we, I think we're both trading out Stephen May uh, just because he can get, you know, a 100, hopefully a 120-point grab um, straight away. And for me, um, I obviously did it early, but I've essentially done May to Stewart. So I back Stewart to beat May by 5 to 10 points per game in the run home anyway. Uh, so overall, say that's 200 points. That's worth a trade. Uh, so yeah, I think you need to factor it. Just you just really work work out what that's going to be worth, and you know the trade probably has to gain you, I'd say at least 150 points to be worth it, um, or cash. Obviously, um, if you got a Clayton Oliver or something him down, or like you did with Grundy, like that's obviously generating you a lot of cash. But yeah, wouldn't uh, wouldn't be ruining my long term prospects just for an extra rookie score. Um, or even an extra premium score, unless you unless you want that player in the run home. Yeah, I've been trying to think of it as side swapping, but only side swapping if you're bringing in a bona fide superstar gun premium. Mm-hmm. So I know Mag's a good example. I feel like it's fair enough. We both agree May is a fringe premium, probably maybe top ten on the run home. Maybe awesome, I'm sad about um, this one. Yeah, he's a, he's a very good player. Great, obviously, a great floor because he takes all the kick ins. Like if you keep him, sure, fair enough, no worries. But he's the type of premium in conjunction with a certain Sydney Swans forward that I've got, Isaac Heaney, that are not necessarily going to – you're not going to necessarily regret trading them out, right? We're not going to see them average 120 on the way home. So if you're able to turn an Isaac Heaney into a Patrick Dangerfield at this point yep. or a Stephen May, as I'm about, I'm going to this week, into a, it's a Zach Merritt, that's, that is absolutely 100% worth doing. Where it starts to get a bit hazy, I think, for most people is Clayton Oliver is a good example. Yeah, you can make some money out of him. He's going to plummet and he was overpriced. We even touched on it briefly last week. But Clayton Oliver will probably be a top three or four midfielder in the run home. So yeah. that's where you start to think, okay, if there's someone else that I can get rid of, I would like to do that. I genuinely am still considering it this week. It's it's likely him or side bottom that have to go for me. I much prefer it to be side bottom, but I've uh, I've got to work out how to get Grundy back in and make sure that that's still part of my plan. So I don't know if it helped answer the question, but I think the the call of action, what I would say is if you're going to side swap, swap, don't side swap to speculative premiums because that's how you can totally ruin your season. You should be side swapping to the Merritts, the Walshers, the Neils, the Dangerfields, the, the bona fide guns um, to try yeah, and I think minimize There's enough risk. of them to choose from now as well that we've had two buys um, yeah. and you know, whatever, there's, there's 10 teams available uh, or whatever it is. Uh, so yeah, I think I'd, yeah, I mean, I'd, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent agree there. Um, and I think especially where you essentially you're back in this play to get a good score this week, which is always risky. Um, yeah, anything can happen. Uh, and you know that's why I was. I know we both did it, but I was very nervous about the Tom Hawkins one because 
you know, he was someone that could go 50-50 and then it's been a complete waste. Uh, mm-hmm. Thankfully, he got a 110 and should do well against the Dogs. So it's been, I mean, it saved me 2-0, so it's been worth it. Uh, but yeah, for, for one week and 1-0, um, and even the Grundy one, like I know you did it a week later, like obviously, you know, if you had done it a week before, it would have been even better. Uh, but you're not doing Grundy now because, you know, you should have done it two weeks ago and that would have yeah. potentially gained you 200, 300 points over the course of the buyers, whereas now it's maybe 100 and something and he's back next week. So, yeah, you got, you got to factor up how many points you're going to gain from that trade this week and then I think you can make the call from there. Yep. No, I like it. The Grundy one, it's a good call. Let's just stress that. I, if you've kept Grundy this far, do not trade Grundy this week. I think that's yeah. it would be ridiculous to do that. I only did it last week because now I've got 760K to play with this week, which I will be able to turn into points. Well, that means you can go shopping, mate. Uh, yes. So let's let's see who people are shopping for. Oh, that was good. Uh, all right, mate, number one <laughs> on the li- ruined it by saying by yeah, pumping myself yeah, up. But yeah, anyway, yeah. Uh, all right, number one on the list uh, is uh, Jai Newcomb, Duke Newcomb, as I've seen written quite like that. Uh, what do you think of the Duke? One hundred two k Hawthorne rookie who got. Let's just talk about ridiculous. my positive vibes from last week, mate. Let's talk mm-hmm. the positive vibes. Yeah, I said, I did bad. say, I was like, just think positively. He's yep. he was at Box Hill. They picked him for a reason. He, um, mate, you are the rookie whisperer. Yeah, it's true. He was just a tackling maniac. Mm. Like I know, I remember they said something when they announced he was playing, being like, "Oh yeah, he's going to be bring a, bring a bring a bit of grunt to our midfield." I'm like, "What twenty year old kid's going to bring grunt?" No, he brought grunt, like genuine grunt. So, yeah, obviously bring him in if you need a rookie. He's so clearly the pick. Um, yeah, nothing else to really add. He's awesome. He'll play the rest of the year. Yeah, I agree. He had he's fourteen tackles with more than um. I'm not sure what Jordan did yesterday, but uh, Dugowie had up until round 13. Yep. In so one game. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, he was good. I think um, Warple's out this week, so you know, he should see some decent midfield minutes again. And um, Titch sort of had a bit of a forward midfield role, so both well for the run home, even though he scored well on Friday. Uh, so, yeah, Newcomb seems like a just a pretty safe just midfield cover player for the, the remainder of the season, which is bloody handy for 102K. Awesome. Hey, question though, if you're looking at complete, I, I think a lot of people are getting close to completing their teams this week or next, or at least, you know, maybe one premium off. Does having Newcomb play change your thoughts about where you want to complete your teams? Do you think having him as your loophole and your final rookie on field is worth not completing your midfield versus other lines? Nah, not at all. Um, I mean, it's still in the midfield. So, you know, if he's and 14 tackles, he's not going to repeat that. So I think he's probably a 60 rookie. Um, and then, you know, you're still gaining 50 points a game for a premium, um, which is probably more than other lines. And yeah, as you said, like if it's one or two weeks, um, I think the midfield players available now uh, are worth just getting in. Totally agree. That was why I raised it. Do not get sucked in by thinking, oh, great, Newcomb considered M8. He will cost you a lot of points, but still trade him in. Absolutely. Uh, second one on the list, mate, is a, a rookie as well, but he's one that has the buy this week. Uh, is Luke Edwards from West Coast. That was a cracking game on Sunday night, uh, and he was exceptional. Obviously not playing, so it doesn't help people with a number, but I'm assuming it's a downgrade because they want the cash to upgrade. I I don't know about this one. What do you, what do you think about Luke Edwards? Yeah, I'd be trying to avoid it and do it next week if I can. Like, if Obviously, if you've got a team where you don't need an extra player, then fair enough, go early on him because he was awesome. But I would be trying to get him next week personally. I I just can't fathom what teams, maybe league players perhaps, what teams look like where they've got a comfortable 18, 19 players this week and can then just 
get Suppose Edwards. If you, if you need a downgrade, like what are you doing? Suppose, yeah, maybe you don't have a choice. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it's kind yeah. of like, a, you know, you, you just suck it up and you get a big short that number anyway. And yeah, as yeah. we sort of spoke about before, that rookie that, say this rookie that's named this week and is a no name, like it's still potentially a better bet just to sacrifice those 50 points and get Edwards. Yeah, maybe. seems, you know, pretty safe for short-term job security. Well, I guess the thing that I look at there is let's take a, let's say it's Poulter perhaps that people are going, uh, trading out to get Edwards, um, another player on his buy. So you're not sacrificing a score. I wouldn't be sacrificing a score to get Edwards, obviously. Um, but would you not just try and turn Poulter into a playing premium instead of down to Edwards and, and try and shuffle things another way. Maybe, but I mean, not everyone traded Grundy. It's like, I need a yeah. downgrade this week to fund upgrades because I only got yep. Newcomb last week. So, I mean, what do you, who are you getting? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Would you, I guess the, the question is more, hey, that do you pick Luke Edwards or do, if someone is named for their first game this week? Well, yeah, that, that's them? a tough one. Yeah. 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 That, I don't know. That's the debate. I, yep. I would. I would probably probably take Edwards because the first game only gets you, you know, let's yeah. assume fifty points. But mm, yeah, tough one. I'm glad I'm not yeah, in that sucks. situation. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll try to get most expensive player, and you're not. That's what happens. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right, number three. Uh, this one must make you a little bit happy. Aaron Hall, five thirty k. It's been phenomenal. I'm pretty sure he's like pulled coaches. He pulled coaches votes again. Cold coaches votes mm-hmm. in like every game he's played as a defender. Uh, he was good. I must admit, I was I watched the start of the game and I was like, here we go. He's going to get 50. He's get a little bit of attention from DeBoer and doesn't strike me as the player who loves that. Uh, but that uh, that was pretty loose. I don't even think I was attacked to be honest. And uh, all dominated. So big one, 40, 530k. What do you think, mate? Still still getting him. It's hard not to now, isn't it? (laughs) Like, I think I've been no for about the past three weeks. Um, Standard. Oh, he's just at 530K. He is just uh, like, as a forward, he probably is the pick, right? Honestly, he he genuinely probably is the pick. There's just something about the fact that Aaron Hall has been in the system for eight or nine years, gets injured all the time, has never been able to hold this up, that I viewed him, as I said at the time, as almost a mini cash grab, a high-scoring rookie kind of thing that I would have to trade at some point, probably. Um, and I'm still just assuming that probably happens. But, geez, he's looks, he looks good. One of the lowlights of my weekend was not being able to watch this game with him and Josh Kelly doing what it's they were doing. Of a game. Oh, man. Like, thinking of games I should miss, GWS North, yeah, probably one I should miss. But I didn't factor in Josh Kelly and Aaron Hall doing what they did. Um, but I, in summary, yeah, he, he, of the forwards, he's probably the most sure thing with the exception of, of danger, but danger, obviously, if you can afford to wait, um, mm. not the worst call. But if you got, if you got one forward spot left, you get in danger over him 20 K more. Yes, I am. Yeah. Mm. Yes, no same. questions. Uh, same, but yes, I think, uh, I don't know. I probably would, but once again, as we've said for weeks now, you, you trade him in knowing that it's unlikely that he'll survive the season. And the, at least now, wow, boy, yeah, that's the thing. you're spending 5.30 on him as well. And he's the type of guy that if he gets injured, it, it's, it also is going to even hurt his existing price, right? Because, you know, if he gets injured on 22, whew, like he's a, he's a must trade. So I, I would, again, biased because I've got him, but I would be targeting danger before I'd be targeting Aaron Hall. Agreed there, but yeah, I mean, probably his second choice in forwards, mm, which is which is grim. Uh, mate, you mentioned this guy, uh, 
on the weekend. We we're chatting. Don't like it, but I'll let you go. Kyle Langford, four seventy four k forward, forward mid. Actually, what's uh, yeah. what's drawing your attention to to Kyle outside of just no other options? So yeah, the no other options thing is definitely one of them. The eye test, man. The eye, I haven't watched much Essendon, really haven't. And the three the, game eye test. Yeah, well, the, it was more oh, the it's a big sample the, size. The Andy McGrath injured eye test was exactly. the one I'm referring to. So he's been been getting a lot of CBAs. It's the the rotation of, of centre bounce tendencies was basically him McGrath, um, Parish Merritt, right? The four of them getting the vast majority of those attendances. He's been touted for quite a long time as that sort of in and under player that just never really got it going. Scored 126 on the weekend and looked really, really good. Has the flexibility, obviously, forward mid. And with McGrath going down for an extended period, it's not as not like his role is going to change aggressively or doesn't feel like it will. The risk in my mind and the only risk, given how poor the um, the forwards really are this year, is is the Dylan Shield return because I don't know how far away he is. I think it's you know maybe a month or something. Um, and when that happens, I don't quite know what it would look like. Um, but he genuinely looks really quite good. And I don't know if you go, if we go back to our preseason pod, mate, I actually predicted him to average 90, 90 or 91 or something on the season and be just outside the top um, six forwards because it was so grim. And it just seems like his role with no Caldwell, no McGrath now, no Shield. Um, all of a sudden has turned into a, cool, you're an in and under midfielder. Um, and so his floor feels like it's about 95, which for the forwards, it's pretty damn tempting. Um, I'm reluctant. a little bit carried away there. Floor at 95. Yeah, mate, he's had three good games. Yeah, but even before then, it wasn't terrible. Oh, even right. before then, he was averaging high 80s. Uh, I don't know. Just looking at his scores. I can't do quick maths, but. Um, and his, his previous years have been terrible as well. Uh, I just think this is, I don't know, this just uh, reeks desperation of coaches who want to forward. Um, no, I just, I just don't like it. Um, it's, it's very forced, isn't it? Like yes. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously far bigger on Paddy Dangerfield and would like this guy would be a last resort, but I do understand why people have got this thought and yeah, but to, to stress, it is very – in a normal year, you would look at it briefly and go, ah, not worth the risk. Like this guy's got to be a premium for you for another 10 weeks, which yep. – I, um, I hate it. Uh, all right, mate. Uh, Tobias <laughs> is next on the list, uh, your boy from last year. Uh, 455K is a gun, but not a great super coach pick. Yeah, no, nah, he's, he's just in my bad books in general. He's awesome, but no, nah, not not in this role. <laughs> Uh, cool, mate. Number six, Tom Stewart. So uh, 532K still being traded in. Obviously, he's had his buy. Look, his gun, safe pick. Not much else to say. Yeah, not much else to say. I, I guess, like, there's there's a fair few rel- – like, would you take him or Whitfield if you didn't have either? Whitfield. There you go. <laughs> that's about all I got, really, because a lot of the defenders are on buys. All right, him, Whitfield, Doherty. Mm, uh, Whitfield and Stewart, only because Doc's got this annoying wing role at the moment, um, which hopefully if he, if he lost that, then I'd have Doc up there too. I'd still probably have him third. But um, the with that wing role, I'd go, um, yeah, Lockie, Stewart, Doc. Having said that, like it, it kind of depends, like, 
Stewart is in 31% of teams. I think of the top 5,000 teams, he's in like 80%. So, yeah, it's kind of if you're chasing or if you want to go something different, then Doc and Whitfield are in a lot less than that. So, um, yeah, it kind of depends on what you want to achieve. Um, yeah, he's a safe pick, but he's kind of a, a boring pick, I guess, um, which is a little bit harsh on Tom, but it's kind of what, uh, what his situation is. Yep. No, it makes sense. They're really the only options other than Ridley. Um because literally every other defender has a buy. Yep, and would not go Jordan, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> all right, a couple of mids now. Um, I'm just going to read them all out, and then we can maybe just talk about the midfield in general, because it seems like a, a few upgrades happening here. Uh, yep. And staggering as a player that isn't on this list. Uh, Josh Kelly, <clears throat> number seven, uh, who just came off his big 140, whatever he got, 149. Sam Walsh, the eighth most trading player, 560. Bont. That's ninth most Australian at 682. Then Darcy Parrish, the 10th most Australian player at 659K. So, mate, rank those four. Give me your quick thoughts. And then uh, maybe if there's any other mids that I haven't mentioned that you're looking at, uh, keen to get your thoughts. Oof, rank those four. Um, I'll start at two because my number one's not on the list. Um, I'll go Kelly. Just ahead of Walsh, just ahead of Bont, and then Parrish further back um, with Merritt in front of all of them, definitely. Um, I really like Walsh. I think there's a big chance that I bring him in. Kelly Kelly has done enough for me in the last few weeks to show that you know, his ceiling is just so good. Yes, there's the roll risk and, yes, there's the tag risk and all that stuff, but this is what he can do. So I would be taking him if I didn't already have him. Um, I think that Sam Walsh is good value at that price point and has proven that throughout the year. Bond, obviously love Bond. 680K in my mind is a lot to pay for a midfielder. I'm in a position this week where I can genuinely consider it, but if bringing in Bond is going to impact your future trade plans and delay you in getting another premium. And instead you can afford to take one of Walsh, Merritt, Kelly. Um, I would be doing that. Um, and then Parrish, I just don't have enough faith in Parrish to do it at that price. If Parrish was at 550, completely different conversation, but at 650 or whatever he's at, I would not be, not be investing in him. And then the other one, that I feel like we need to address is is the little Brisbane midfielder as well, whose break even is ridiculous, but he's coming off his buy, and uh, I know how much you love that man, mate. So yeah, well, I mean, he's he's who I'll be getting this week. So uh, yeah, a few things to unpack there. Uh, Parrish's five round average is one forty, three round average is one fifty one. He's been ridiculous since uh, moving into the midfield full time. We just you just been stubborn, mate. No, I'm just saying I think he's – him and Merritt are very similar in my mind, very similar in what they would deliver from here on out. And if Merritt's going to cost me 90 grand less and has a proven history in delivering, mm. easy decision. Merritt's proven history is 110 to 115 though. Parish might be more. Don't Could, be. But Could be. Could uh, be. If you're tagging Essendon players right now, who are you tagging? Uh, yeah, well, you'd think Parrish gets the attention, but I'm not sure you're really tagging an Essendon player, are you? No, no, you might. And that, that's my point. Like, if Zach Merritt is left to run free and be Zach Merritt for the rest of the year, I feel like we know his floor. Like, his floor is like 110, 105, absolute worst case, and he has the potential to go 120, 125. Parrish, 
cops all sorts of attention out of nowhere. We haven't seen it. We don't know what it looks like. So yeah, I mean, I agree. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade Paris in a million years. I'm just saying. Like my I. I uh, am well aware at times I'm stubborn, especially with these types of picks, um, mm. and it costs me uh, because he's also an Uberpod too. He's in six point six percent teams. And imagine up the pointy end and stuff, or like if you need, like he'd be, he'd be the player that could get you there. Whereas Ferret is super popular as well. I think he's in like seventy eighty percent once again of the top five thousand teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of those other ones, Josh Kelly, yeah, he's a gun. Um, Obviously, at price point, it's pretty nice. But once again, like there's a few players around that would go ferret over him, would go lucky over him too. Uh, Walsh, I obviously really like. Had him as 20th in my draft at the start of the year. I'm a little bit concerned about him just tiring um, in the back half of the season, given he's you know a third year player. He's pretty much he's doing what they all you know say Cripps has done over the journey and carry in the Carlton team, the Carlton midfield, um, and he's proven he ties in game. Um, you know, he had monster first halves and barely touched it in the second. So just a little bit concerned about him being able to run out the season at those premium numbers, like high premium numbers. He's obviously still going to be like, you know, 110, but, you know, whether he can push that remains to be seen, like those others that we've sort of talked about. Uh, Bond, yeah, I mean, don't just move on. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so the other ones, you got Tom Mitchell at 560 still, uh, whose uh, three-round average is 121, five-round average is 117. And then... Yeah, lucky Neil. Um, he just seems to be forgotten. I know he's got a high break even, but um, yeah, I mean, last week he got that every week. So I, I don't know. This just doesn't seem to be a lot of talk about him, which is uh, which is odd considering that you know a lot of coaches, forty percent of them, fifty percent of them, uh, had him at seven hundred and fifty k in their teams at the start of the year. Uh, so yeah, I know he has a high break even. Um, so obviously, you, you know, if you still need two mids, you can wait and get him next week. But um, I'd definitely be having him in your your trade plans. That's for sure. Yeah, I think it's very fair. I, I genuinely think we're just so flavor of the month in Supercoach. Like where 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 like, we might be Lockie seen Neil, as stubborn. Lucky Neil next week for a hundred k less. 10k less than Darcy Parish. Like, come on. Yeah, it's a no-brainer, right? And and I know we err on the side of caution probably more than most with this stuff and other people are more aggressive and follow the flavour of the month and points chase a bit. But for me, yeah, Lockie Neal, even if he's break-even, he's 160. I've already said Paddy Dangerfield, I'm very much considering, in fact, is almost certain this week at 191. If you're completing your team, does it really matter? Really? Like, I, I think... Lockie Neal, the only reason that he may not come into my team this week is I may end up with seven premium uh, midfielders and I, it means I can save some coin, theoretically. He might get 160. He could. He does a lot. But if he gets 100, then I'll save a bit of money and it's easier to get him next week. But yep. he he should, him and those that have traded Grundy, obviously, you can almost disregard everyone else, I kind of feel like, at this point. With the knowledge that Neil's going to be low 500s, in a perfect world and that Grundy's going to come down in price as well. Just forget about everyone else. Just plan on those guys and don't get caught up in the parish hype. Don't pay nearly 700K for a midfielder. But I know Bont's a gun. I get that he's a gun. Seven, 681K, mate, for Bont. Like, yeah, I mean, I'd pay that if I could. Um, but I've worked out a plan to finish my team. And I just can't. It might work, but the, if it doesn't, then I'd be like, I wouldn't be able to get danger, which sucks. Uh, so yeah, I'm just gonna have to admit that, you know, the, the track over bomb was one of the worst decisions of all time and, and move on. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, mate, I think, I mean, you're dead right. Like locking the just is a genuine no brainer. 
Um, and the fact I honestly reckon he's going to be pretty pottish in the run home is awesome. Um, yeah. For, for Which, those, who, those who have him. Yeah, that's, that's the fact. He, the fact he could be pottish is just bizarre to me. I don't, I don't see how that could. And yeah, I think the, I'm, the only reason, once again, that I'm getting in this week is I've like I, I need, I've only got Lockie and Danger to finish my teams, to finish my team plus trading Crips. Um, so that means I, yeah, between Lockie and Danger. I'll go lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Paddy Cripps can just, you know, if I survive another week or two of like no injuries, then he'll just go to a gun mid. Yep. No, that makes sense. I'm pretty similar, really, with sub out Cripps and replace it with Heppel. Heppel's got one more week of good price cycle. If Neil comes down and Heppel goes up one more, then see you later. Easy trade. Done. Um, yeah. Nice one, mate. Uh, anyone else, trade-ins that you're, you're looking at? No, they're, they're the key players that I've been considering. It's a weird week because there's like, despite the fact that it is the buy and two teams have had the buy, there's basically no backs really. Yep. There's basically no rucks at yep. all. And so it is very midfield centric. And then in terms of forwards, it's kind of danger and Langford, which is why he's that speculative, bizarre kind of pick up Aaron Hall, of course, as well. But um, I think that covers it. The only other one that I didn't talk about during that was was Titch. Uh, what are your thoughts on Titch now? Um, like at 560 for Tom Mitchell seems ridiculous, but I'm just nervous about it. I just don't trust him. That's what I'm doing. I get all those other players we've talked about ahead of him. Mm. What if, so to finish your... Which is crazy because I paid 610 yeah. for him. I know, likewise. I have done multiple what- times over the journey. What if to finish your midfield, and I think this is some a situation you're in, so that's why I want to put it to you, Jack Steele, right? He's not in our teams. I think it's pretty safe to say he'll be a top five or six midfielder going home, probably higher. Do you avoid a trade this week or even potentially take a zero or not take a Mitchell, Neil, one of those guys and wait for Jack Steele? Uh yeah, well, I, I don't think you do that if it's a zero or Jack. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if it's a, a player – well, I mean, for me, that's Walsh. So it's kind of like a, you know, do I go Walsh and a rookie – wait, does that even make sense? Yeah, sorry, do I go Walsh um, or just get a, a rookie score this week um, and back the rookie of this week, 60-plus steal in the run home versus Walsh? Yep. Go gotcha. rookie and steal. Fair enough. Um, but – yeah, it's kind of, once again, obviously depends on what you think the players are going to do. Yeah, it's hard. It is hard to work through. I just feel like, again, at its core, if you're getting a zero, feel free to make the trade. Yeah. Provided you're going to a, a proper premium. Um, yeah. And if you're going down to a rookie, then that's a different conversation. So I'm from what I can see, likelihood is I'm going to end up with only one of Steele or Neil, which is an ideal, but, you know, that is kind of what it is. You can't have all the midfielders. Um, but I think that's, again, we, to simplify the game, just identify those ones that you, you want to pick up, that you know you want to get. If you've got two spots left, just lock them in and go for it. Um, it makes the game a hell of a lot easier to prep for, that's for sure. Yep. I think, yeah, with obviously minimal trades left and a few things, it's pretty easy to prep for too. Uh, what? What is the last one? Sorry, I, I'm just I love this week because there's so many trades. So I got questions. La, what is this week? Let's say you can get down to a completed team this week, right? How many trades is too few? 
for the rest of the season? Mm, yes, this question. Uh, I would say you would want... If you're going to complete your team this week, it's pretty impressive. Uh, but you'd probably want, I don't know, four trades. I I usually try and live off four when your team's done. Yeah, I'm so going to be three really when my team's right. done, but that's like two, three weeks from now. Yeah, and that includes like similar. luxury trade of Crips up, which you know, is subjective. Yeah. And I give you know whether that actually is luxury or not. Uh, but yeah, I think um, three to four would be what you yeah what you'd want. I mean, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of rounds left. That's the thing. I think people forget how long the season is. So I, I reckon if you've got four and a play, a decent playing rookie on each line, you're in a great spot. Great spot. Yeah. And I think if you've got three to finish your team, but have still got, let's pluck some players, uh, a Lockie Jones and a Newcomb, and uh, I don't know who the forward would be, but insert forward here, Coleman Jones, maybe. I mean, he's playing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Common Jones is probably it, right? They, then that's, I think, three is fine. Um, and it just means that in the run home, if a player gets out uh, suspended for a week, you probably just cop it, right? You wear yep. it on the chin. Um, yep. It's um, it's always a tough one because it's pure luck. Like I've saved trades in the past and I haven't needed them. I've just done like just pointless luxury trades if one round left, two rounds left. Um, but other rounds you run out of, other seasons you run out of them and you're stuck with zeros or absolute plebs for a month. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I think this this period here um, is when yeah, luck will obviously play a massive factor. Um, but you know, like a lot of situations, you can in, you can decrease your bad luck by having a couple of trades up your sleeve. Yeah, all right, I agree, and I also feel like at this point, this is when if I've learned anything in the years of playing Supercoach, don't die wondering. Just uh, like if you're you're fifty fifty on whether or not you should use a trade down the line, I reckon use it. And just wear the consequences because you'd you'd rather have a red hot crack at getting as high as possible and then fade in my mind because I've I've done it the other way and always been frustrated because I probably left some points on the board early. So yeah, and I, I that my situation is you know you finish the team with five trades, but that's got Paddy Cripps, so bugger that. I'm going to go three and get Jack Steele. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, trade outs. So I'm not going to go to the list because it's pretty. Boring. It's just rookies. Uh, he and he's on the list. Impy's on the list, actually. Uh, but probably maybe just talk about some of the premiums that you would consider trading out uh, this week. So we've both mentioned May. Uh, and I don't like this one because I love, I'm a D's fan, but I love watching May play. He's so good. I actually think he could himself be 100 in the run home. Mm-hmm. He's taking every kick out. He's in ripping form. Um, but I've got seven defenders now, so I got Stuart. So he has to go for me. Uh, you mentioned Clayton. Um, what other ones uh, would you look at? Yeah, well, I mean, Heaney kind of speaks for himself. Yeah, if you class him as a, yep. yeah, if you count him, I don't know. Um, the defenders, there's a there's a bunch, right? So I think the ones that I've heard talked about more than any other uh, are May, who you touched on, and then Jaden Short. Yep. Um, I would be trading Jaden Short. I'd be treating him very similar to Stephen May. I think May will probably just beat him in the run home. If I so was if you had to guess. choose between the two, you'd go Short out. I, I would trade out Short before I'd trade out May. Yep, yeah, um, just because all of these good scores happened before Basher came back. Um, and then in terms of midfielders, I feel like you're not trading out Jack Steele if you can avoid it. Um, Clayton Oliver is a slightly different thing, and that's why I'm looking at that possibility i'm trying to avoid it if i can but because he's 670k you can do a hell of a lot with that money 
Um, so I would have him as an absolute last resort. But if you desperately need the funds, let's say for ha- perhaps no rookie is named this week, you went early on Newcomb, you've got no other options in order to generate cash to make sure that you can trade a Heaney and a Poulter, then I don't think it's the worst call going an Oliver down to a Kelly or a Mitchell or someone like that. Um, I think Poulter's, I've touched on him a few times, but he's the rookie that stands out to me is the one that you, just ditch, no-brainer. And if you haven't got rid of Collier Dawkins, then obviously, but you probably did that last week. Um, any others that I might be missing, mate? Uh, oh, not really. I think they're the main ones. Um, and I don't really like the clean one either. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of the the ones I'd be trading out are the ones that are speculative top 10, top six premiums in the run home. And that's yeah, harsh on May and short, but they're not going to be top. Sorry, I shouldn't say top. I'd trade them out if I don't think they're going to be top five. And when I say I'd trade them out, um, only if it helps me. So, yeah, I mean, I'd even... To get if, one of those top five. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like if I had the trades, I'd go like track to bond in a heartbeat, which is ironic. <laughs> uh, but obviously don't, and it costs a ridiculous amount of money. So, yeah, it needs to, it needs to work for your team and your circumstances as well. So I'll throw, I'll throw a couple at you, you then, just to get your thoughts on them specifically, because I didn't touch on them then. Uh, for a reason, but we'll get your thoughts. Dusty, 470K. Uh, no, just because um, he's just capable and he's doing badly and he's still going okay. Like his five round average is 102.8. Like that's pretty good as the forward. And yeah, I just think he get enough. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, same logic with Shy Bolton, 524. Uh, I'd just keep him as a sick pod, to be honest. Yep, fair enough. What about my boy, side bottom? Mm, he's been average. Mm. Uh, so this is an interesting one. Like I've, I've heard a few people say that the interim coach will play the kids, but then I read a counter-argument today, which is quite good, that uh, unless he's been, Robert Harvey, told that he's absolutely zero chance of winning the job, he's not going to play the kids. He's going to do what our old mate did at Carlton, David Teague, and chuck your Kerno back in the midfield and chuck your, your Murphy back in the midfield to win a few games, look good, and get the gig. So I, with that in mind, Pendle's playing midfield, Steele going back into the midfield is a possibility because, um, yeah, I mean, his role's not great at the moment, but whether that changes now if, um, with the interim coach, for better or worse, um, it yeah, remains to be seen. Um so yeah, he's been a pretty poor pick. Um, he's had he's played pretty much one half of football each game <laughs> for the last five six weeks, which has got him to an okay score. Uh, but yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I just don't. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't like the forwards. So I mean, I wouldn't do him to um, whatever his name is. If that's Langford. What, Langford. Langford. Yeah. Yep. No, that's fair enough, which is the issue, right? Because uh, I'll use my example. If you're if you're a Heaney owner and you're looking to turn him into Dangerfield, cool. No worries. That makes sense. And you want to then bring in another forward premium, who on earth that is, good luck, uh, which is where it gets a little bit tricky. But anyway, we worked through that. Uh, they were the ones that I had, mate. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. Like I think, um, I mean, once again, the, the good thing about um, – the extra trade is, you know, you can trade one or two of these players, um, yep. you know, which allows you the flexibility uh, to obviously get some extra players this week, which is handy. Um, but, uh, yeah, but, but pull some of these moves that, you know, you normally wouldn't. 
Yep, I reckon. Last thing for me, mate. Kid gets named uh, that hasn't played before this week. You picking him? He's your go-to rookie downgrade, I take it? Probably. Yep. yep. Cool. I, I just feel like at this point, in, particularly for this round, if you need one, whatever, like pick him. Um, there's the likelihood is it's not a play you're then going to downgrade or upgrade at a later date. Like you are picking them to get the cash for now. Uh, if they continue to play, great, fantastic. You've got some cover. If they don't, so what? You know? Yep. Um, I like it, mate. Worth the risk. Cool. So I'm going to move things around a little bit this week. Um, bring Streety's buy special forward. Because uh, I've heard a few people, they're just like, oh, you guys you guys talk so much. Like, you know, I, it gets to the, towards the end of the show and I want to tune out, but your you buy special is coming. So <laughs> I keep listening. So I thought for them I'd bring it forward because um, I'm a top bloke and it's, it's a good segment. But I feel that we've kind of throughout the the pod so far um covered them all we've kind of well we've we've covered a lot (laughs) we've covered a lot of players um and a few of those hypotheticals and stuff have been have been relevant so i I just thought i thought instead i'd just throw a few um a few more of these these pod picks at you because i think this is it's important at the moment to consider these pods because i feel that if you're up the pointy end there's, I, there's I would argument. know, mate. I would know. Yep. Wow. And there is an argument that you could go for it and not go the Walsh, who's in a heck load of teams, and go someone else. Um, or, you know, if you're – obviously, if you're playing for leagues, you go to pop your players. But if you're not, like, there's the opportunity now to, to make a move for 10 rounds and hope that someone goes on a bit of a run. Uh, so players have come off the bye. Um, a couple of Lions players, and I know you don't like this player, mate, but Jared Lyons uh, is having another exceptional season. Mm-hmm. His average is 119.6. Five-round average is 124.4. He's in 6.4% of teams. Do you still hate Jared Lyons or would you consider <laughs> consider him as a pod in the run home? Where, I don't know where you decided that I hated Jared Well, I think Lyons, I suggested him last uh, year and he laughed at me. Yeah, last year. Anyway, um, I don't like it now. Okay. I think it, this, going back to what I said earlier, this is flavor of the monthy, right? Lockie Neal hasn't been in this team for quite some time. And yes, Jared Lyons is still going to play pure midfield, obviously. But I think Lockie Neal coming back is something they're going to have to adjust to. I think he's been about as good as he could possibly be. So I would be a no at 613K. Yep. Yep. I don't think this one's flavor of the month just because he's done it for two seasons now, two and a half seasons now. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a lot to pay. Um, I have somewhat considered it uh, over like a Jack Steele or something just because he is playing this week and uh, has North. But, yeah, I just – I don't really trust the name, obviously. Um, mm. But I do like the pick. Um, yeah, it's fair. It's a fair call. I, I just still can't get past the Lockie Neal thing, man. And I, I know it shouldn't impact it, but in my head, Lockie Neal is coming back. And that's 33 possessions a week that are going to a different player. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep, fair call, mate. Uh, Sasha Parrish, uh, Tuke Miller. <laughs> so we ignored him last week. He copped a tag but still got a 127. He's only 6.2% teams. So would you consider Tuke over those other players and gun mids that we just talked about? He's just too expensive to take a risk on at that price. But he's been unbelievable. It's hard to argue with his... Recent form, that's for sure. But um, he's 635K, having never done it before. So, no. But, yeah, it would have been a nice pick about six weeks ago. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about Cam Guthrie, mate? Nah. 609K. No? No way? Nah. Nah. His shoulder, his shoulder's been like he's been out for a few weeks. Dangerfield's come back and you want to pay over 600 grand, which is a rule we have mm-hmm. for Cam Guthrie, who's never done it before until this year. Oh, fair enough, no fair enough. Way. I can tell you, you just pick the most popular players. But anyway, um, what about Mitch Duncan, mate? 545K, uh, so a little bit more value? Yeah, more in my price range. More in my price range, but almost certain to not be in the top 15 midfielders, 10, 15 midfielders. So like last week, I saw the value in it. Um, I still wouldn't have done it, but I, I get it. This week, there's just too many other mids available. So Okay. No. okay. And just a final, uh, a final one for you. It's you know pretty, pretty short and sweet. Um, just because uh, I feel that there's there's just so many players available, um, and you know that pod hunter factor. Like you can even go Hawkins. Like he's still in not many teams. But like, I would. This is probably the one week that I would consider that um, when making your decisions uh, and kind of like betting against one of those other players and picking one of these pods is. I mean, I've, I've said this before, and it's cost me so many points, but it shouldn't really cost you heaps, um, but it could give you a pretty good advantage if, you know, that, that popular player gets injured or that popular mm-hmm. player um, sort of, you know, you know has a, a bad patch of form because, you know, one or two bad games now in the run home means your yeah, yeah, average over that average over that period um, isn't as great. Yep. No, I think it's, it's good, mate. Did you say you had one more? No. Uh, I do. We talked about this one last week, but I just want to revisit one more time. Um, and only because as you've touched on the defense, there's not much available. Daniel Rich, mate, 527K, because uh, he talked about a few defenders before. Once again, he left this poor guy out. He's in 5.1% of teams, averaging 104.6. Would you get Daniel Rich over you know, your, your docs over Stewart even? Ooh, yeah, I reckon. Yeah, I don't I mind reckon, it now that we're talking about it. I think I'd oh, I'd just take Stuart, but I'd have Rich over Doc. I'd have Rich over, what was the other one we talked about? Yeah, Ridley. Whitfield. No, you wouldn't. Oh, not over Whitfield. No, I'd no. take Whitfield. But I think I'd just have Stuart or oh, just over Rich. Okay. I actually don't mind that totally one. Totally get as it. A, yeah, as a uh, 50-50 anti-pod in the run home, as in to go against the, the popular mm. pick. Uh, Daniel Rich is great. And then... Mate, we both jumped on Tom Hawkins, but he's only in 5.6% of teams uh, as well. Cameron's in some form, taking the number one defender, getting the attention. Do you like Tom Hawk still? Yeah, well, I'm in now, so I've got to like it. No, uh, you hate uh, it, but... Yeah, I didn't enjoy it at all. I'm like, you're, you're fun from watching the key forwards. I, oh, it kills me. But, uh, I mean, at 5.26, it's starting to be a bit iffy, but if you need a forward and... I honestly think he's probably probably Dangerfield, Hall, Hawkins. It's probably almost how I'd rank him. So, um, yeah, not the worst call. Not the worst call. Uh, there's, some, there's some good. There's some good pods available. Yeah, there's one more for you. One more. Okay. I'm oh, gonna. Nice. I'm gonna because it's it's one of the only ones that's actually a bit of a mid price type pod that you only stick with the well known players. Top echelon. Four hundred and fourteen k defender. No, I'm talking about. It's coming off a couple uh, of injury-impacted games. Uh, I should. Um, I think I do, but I don't. Keep going. <laughs> Fair call. Dan, Dan Houston, mate. Uh, Dan Houston, yes. Yeah, yep. 4-14. He's had three injury-affected games throughout the year that have all hurt him. When he's played a full game, he's always scored at the at worst uh, low to mid-90s, mm-hmm. and he seems to have gone back into his um, sort of defensive role recently. Yep. 
414K. Yep. Thoughts? I, I like it, mate. Um, I like it. I like the other defenders, but yeah, I mean, for, for 100K less, well, yeah, so would you pay 100K less in defense or in the midfield? In the midfield, yep. I guess it's pretty easy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, in the midfield. But the, if the question is, do you take Dan Houston at 414K and keep Rory Laird as a midfielder mm. versus spend the extra 110K and bring in Sam Walsh as a midfielder, it's, it is genuinely a, an interesting conversation to have because for me, anyway, I'm basically keeping 300 grand to the side to make sure I can get Brody Grundy back in. Yep. And if getting Dan Houston instead of, in Walsh, as the example, is an option. It is genuinely quite interesting. Yeah, I don't mind that, mate. It's a very left field. Um, I've actually looked at him once or twice. I think I looked at him very closely in fantasy last week and didn't pull the trigger. Might actually this week. Um, mainly to make Port Adelaide relevant too because I like them and they're just totally irrelevant from a fantasy point of view. Uh, for us, anyway, because we don't bulk. But yeah, mate, uh, it's not bad. It's good value anyway. It's good value. Yeah. Uh, so, in typical fashion for your segment, I've had the best. Uh, the no, best I got one more. I want more. I touched him oh. before. <laughs> touched him before. Uh, he's 102k less than uh, Tomahawk. He's partner in crime. Ooh. Who has shown? Who has shown over a period of games that he can average very, very good super coach points. He's in the top side or one of the top sides now. He's starting to gel. He's in ripping form. They got a lot of games down at uh, Cardinia Park. Jeremy Cameron, mate. In the forward line. Ooh, yeah. It, yeah how, I've topped you. How much – well, no, I would never do it. But how much traction did his comment during the week of, I had my first training session this week get? Mm-hmm. Like everyone all of a sudden was like, oh, my God, what if he trains? He'll average 170. Like it, uh, just chill out, everybody. Um, no, I wouldn't do it because having two Geelong key Sorry, forwards in my team saying, would be yeah. – If he didn't have Tomahawk – uh, oh, 420k. I, I don't mind it. Like if you if you are going to struggle to finish a team, as a lot of people will, and you need to take a risk on a player, taking a risk on the forward line, totally fair enough. And taking a risk on a player with the scoring ceiling of 150, also totally fair enough. So as long as you're aware of the fact that he'll score your 50s and he'll score your 130s, I don't mind it, mate. Don't mind it at all. Yeah, I like Jeremy Cameron had a couple of years ago and he won me a lot of money when he kicked 10 goals or something against uh, Gold Coast <laughs> or North in the last game of the round. So we'll always love him for that. Uh, but uh, Gold Coast actually, nine goals, five. Uh, but, whoa, don't know. I mean, him versus Hawkins, I'd probably almost go Cameron for 100K cheaper. Really? Wow. I, I wouldn't do 100K's that. 100K is a lot I of money. Do that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Cameron... Hawkins gets the the points for, you know, those forward ruck contests and just incidental stuff that Cameron doesn't get. So mm. Hawkins I, is a very would, good ruck. Very underrated player, Tomahawk. Yeah, he really is. I wonder if that they ever consider that, just playing him as a ruckman. I guess he's too good down forward. But anyway, yeah, they need a ruckman. Mm. Um, no, don't mind it, mate. Don't mind it. Surely we're done because this podcast yeah, is on forever. So yeah, that was fun. Let's, uh, let's move on to our regular segments. All right, mate, it's time for us to jump into our Brownlow votes. This is where we give you our 3 two, one for the weekend to players, people, things, whatever we want. Keep a running tally, and at the end of the year, we'll reveal who the Streety Noz Brownlow medalist is. Who you got, mate, for your 3 two, one this week? Yeah, mate, this is pretty hard, actually. Uh, quite a few players wanted to give one vote to, uh, but uh, obviously narrowed it down to three. One vote I'm giving you to Stephen May, uh, mm-hmm. only because he's leaving my team 
and I'm actually quite sad about it. I think he will be good in the run home. Um, so, you know, to be honest, I'd rather get rid of track, but not going to do that. Because, uh, uh, yeah, and he's been he's been probably been pretty good. I mean, we got him for 400K, yeah. started a bit slowly, but he's in some good form now. And just a 110 on the weekend. He's just uh, yeah, an exceptional footballer, beautiful kick. And I thought I'd give him a vote because not going to have a chance moving forward. Uh, two votes going to give to uh, Joshua Tracy, absolute gun. Um, talk about uh, talk about turning it on at the right time. Uh, <laughs> you know, two two games in the buys in an eighty-eight and a ninety-five, and uh, I sat down Saturday, boring day. Once again, we were in lockdown, but you know, sat down. I turned the footy on. I was like, oh great, Gold Coast versus Fremantle. Um, but I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. Thanks to Josh. <laughs> so there you go. Thanks, Josh, for making the two and a half hours that I sat through of Gold Coast Frio enjoyable. And uh, three votes going to give to Josh Kelly. Uh, he was phenomenal. Um, eight million over eight years. Just get it done, Giants. Uh, he's a he's a gun, and he's just a very, 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 very good footballer to watch. He's uh, he's an elite ball user, um, and just I really like his just his one handed ball pickup technique. Um, yeah, just just good to watch, and a couple of phenomenal goals. So. Kelly gets my three and finally put four quarters together as well, which I think he's struggled with a bit this year. Yep. I like it, obviously, mate. She's that Josh Tracy thing, Hermie. Watching, having no Tracy and no Highmore in my team this week was brutal. Mm. But anyway, one vote. I'm going to give it to this guy because uh, much like Rory Laird last week, we just basically haven't acknowledged him until literally this podcast as a human that exists. Tom Stewart, 130, uh, just gets it done every week. Just so reliable, averaging 108 on the year now as a defender. Yeah, and just doesn't get mentioned. So, Tom, you can have a vote. Well done. Two votes, uh, Aaron Hall, 141. Um, uh, was my speculative pick since he's come in, hasn't gone below 106 and has got averaged about 115 for me since coming in out of 400 K forward. So uh, deserves to get himself some votes, particularly when they thought about throwing DeBoer to him. Didn't get to watch this game, which was... Mm. She was on him early, first quarter. Yeah, I did hear that. So that is amazing to uh, to knock out 141. And then, yeah, no, uh, no prizes for guessing. Josh Kelly, 147. We had him VC. I have... Give, explain my love for this uh, footballer many times. He's uh, my favourite player in the competition for a reason, and it's for days like that, where he has 39 touches, kicks two goals, and every single one of them is valuable. So, yeah, Josh, you get six votes this week. Mm, picks up the full six. Uh, all right, mate, worst on. Uh, one vote. I'm, uh, I'm going to give two. I've actually still got him. But this really annoyed me, Tom Highmore, uh, <laughs> because I, I like have, this. I'll just tell you what, like, it's just a bad time to do it. Like, it's annoying. I don't need the cash now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I needed his score, but whatever. Like, I got to set it, like, it gave me, like, 30 points, like, irrelevant. Like, if he did this in any of the 10 rounds or 12 rounds before today, it is helpful. Now, it's not helpful. So, I tell you what, Tom, I had a lot of faith in you, a lot of faith. Um, I played you when you came back from injury and got like a 27 or whatever, came back from back into the side, uh, kept you on the bench the whole year and certainly traded you and uh, just had genuine belief. I don't know why. Well, clearly I was right uh, that you had this in you and you were good. And then you finally do it when it's pretty much irrelevant and mm-hmm. others like yourself, mate, traded him out. So yeah, just one vote for just the ill-timed good score. Love that. Uh, two votes for me to Petrarca. I'm just... <laughs> 
he's good. He's obviously an elite footballer. He's um he's uh his one touch pickups is pretty phenomenal, but doesn't tackle annoys me. Um, just doesn't get any of those points, and he just misses easy targets with the foot by foot. Um, yeah, one out in the full. Yeah, you know, I think two kicks went straight to to Collingwood players, and um, it just keeps losing him points. And his ratios should be good. Like he is an impact player. Um, he does things that get points, and uh, he struggles to get a positive supercoach ratio. And I also just get annoyed that he goes missing for massive chunks of the game. He's on forty eight at halftime. Sorry, quarter time. Um, and then scored 50 points the remaining three quarters. Like, that's just not good enough for... I mean, I paid 600K for him. And um, Bonsa just going to be over 300 points ahead of him after this weekend. Sickening. Uh, and three votes, I'm going to give to Segler. I'm <laughs> yes. going to give to Segler. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to give to Reeves because he got injured. Whatever, it's not his fault. Segler, I tell you, and you like... You, for some reason, you like... You were vice-captain him one time. Last I, did, crazy. I did, I uh, did. Unbelievable. Yep. He scored 120. But this guy is so shit at football. Um, so bad, so bad. Um, he comes in when, you know, as an emergency for Reeves and plays the game of his career, the best game he's ever played to keep Reeves out of the side this week when I genuinely need him. I'm so annoyed at this whole, I'm annoyed at myself, obviously, for doing the trade, but so annoyed at the way this has turned out um, that it's just thanks to you, Jonathan, for finally playing a good game of football. Um which is now going to impact me. So, yeah, Segler gets the uh, the three votes for not yeah. the first time. I think he featured a lot in the West on last year, so it's yeah, nice to bring back. He's been a, he's been he, a I reckon player. he thought he was done. Uh, he was done. <laughs> he wasn't going to feature again in the votes because um, he was never, ever going to pick again in Supercoach. And here he is getting three votes for West on. Yep, you're back. Well done, John. Hope you're still listening. Um, yep, Good fair enough, there, mate. mate. One, uh, one vote uh, for me, Isaac Heaney. Um, I didn't expect you to be a keeper, but I didn't expect you to give me a grand total of 97 points the last two weeks. In fact, you weren't on field, uh, I don't think, either of the two weeks. Mm-hmm. So uh, whilst you... Come by the time it was all said and done, you made me about 60k or something. And yes, I did get one good score out of you. Yeah, it wasn't quite what I expected, mate. So you can just piss off. Copper vote. Two votes. I I love the Segler call. I've I've just given it to Hawthorne holistically, like just all of them. The fact that he wasn't on the injury list, and I know he then rolled an ankle on the Thursday, and it's a different injury, Reeves, but like, come on. If he rolled an ankle. Why is he a late withdrawal just before the game? If Segler's already there, like, it, uh, I don't know. Like, Segler was clearly up there as an emergency and around the team. And, like, the whole thing just annoyed me in general. Then Segler, as I said to you pre-game, I did say, you watch, John Segler will play the game of his life. Of course I didn't he did. Why wouldn't he? Well, Segler and McAvoy, probably yeah. two of their three best with Titch. So, fantastic. We probably won't see Reeves again for the rest of the year. And now, oh, yep, man. he's stuck on our bench. And then three votes, it's, I mean, you know, like, I, I was going to go all in on you, but, like, the reality is, you know the mistake you made. Uh, three votes is going to go to one Harry Street. I don't think in the time that I've known you, you've ever, ever once done your trades early. I can't think of once that you've ever been willing to do your trades early for risk of a late withdrawal or any of that sort of luck that you always talk about that can float around because you want to get rid of that, you want to minimise it and you worry about it. When you told me that you'd done all four of your trades on the Thursday night, I almost fell off the couch. And then when Reeves was one of those ins who then wasn't late out and completely buggered your chances of picking up Coleman Jones and basically your trade plans, it was a bit of karma coming around to kick you oh, square, pretty, pretty square stiff there, how it mate. turns out. Um, I mean, you, well, do your you, trades, just, you do your trades early every week. 
No, I did it once. But look, it, it's just the fact that it's you, that it's you that never, ever, 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 ever does it and you did it this week with four trades. The amount of variables there, four. You so unlucky. can have the worst on three votes this week, mate. So unlucky. Um, that just I think that highlights how unlucky I am rather than anything else. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, mate. I, I just never do your trades early. I've always said that. Have you have you done your segment, mate? Was yep. 3D special well, was out of order? Forward. You've just completely yep. thrown it. That was it. great. Sweet. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, then I'll just jump into off them, shall I? Yeah, yeah if you want. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Uh, Oz is off them for this, for this week. I uh, What I'm off this week, I was watching the uh, St. Kilda game uh, over the weekend. I'm obviously a St. Kilda fan. And it was a disaster how it all ended up and, yep, so be it. But you know what's worse? And I've realized I've got to adjust this and just change the way that I play Supercoach moving forward. If you support a team, have the Supercoach relevant players from your team in your team. Don't don't stuff around and not have Jack Steele, as I do not, if you're a St. Kilda fan. If you're an Adelaide fan and for whatever reason didn't have Rory Laird, you, what are you doing? Like, I think I'm just completely off not having the relevant players from your team in your side Mm -hmm. because it just completely ruins the enjoyment. I was watching the first Mm -hmm. half and the Saints were actually dominating. Jack Steele and Tom Highmore were killing it, neither of whom were scoring me points, and it was actively ruining my enjoyment of the game. And I was like, what am I doing? Why do I not have these guys until the last possible minute? So I'm just off that. I feel as though moving forward, I'm just going to pick Jack Steele and not think about it and go from there. Interesting, interesting. I'm actually the complete opposite. I hate having them on my side yeah. uh, because I become too fixated on them during the game. Whereas uh, I'd rather just watch the game and if they do well, the D's are going well and so be it. But now I find myself with track, especially obviously the circumstances outside of just Petrarca, but um, just get so fixated on him doing well individually rather than the team that annoys me. So I've always been one that I mean, I used to ban picking Melbourne players. It's pretty easy. We didn't have any. Um, and now that they're relevant, I've got like five of them, four of them in my team this year. Um, I just, I don't enjoy it. So I'm actually the complete opposite. Um, I will pick them because obviously Max and Clayton, like you almost have to, but these additional couple I've gotten track and, and um, May, uh, I can't see myself doing that again um, just because I get, I get frustrated. I think that's fair. My, my, the point that I was more getting to is the Saints have one player that's relevant. Jack Steele is the only relevant Supercoach player, honestly, this year. Yes, Highmore, but, you know, whatever. Yep. Jack Steele. How, how yeah, the hell do I not have Jack Steele? That, it's cool. just ridiculous. So yep. I'm off that. All right, mate. It's, uh, it's a bizarre week with, what, only a few games, really. Half the league's uh, taking the week off. No so Thursday night footy. It's disappointing. No Thursday as well. That is a strange call. But anyway, very bizarre. And it also is a weird week for captaincy. It's a week where we have to start to get a bit creative because no Grundy, no Gorn. Yes, we've got the Thursday night game, which is nice. Uh, and I assume either Jack McRae or Bont will be vice-captains for most people. More interested in who you'd have as a backup captain this week, mate. Mm, I'm actually tempted by something different. Interesting. Um, I might go Kelly into Ferret. Uh, wow. Don't like the dogs. I don't know, something about the dogs just down in. I mean, Jack McRae is kind of the obvious one, um, but I just want to involve Kelly somehow against Carlton, <laughs> and I don't think I'd have the balls to captain him. Um, so with Ferret as a backup, I quite like Josh to go two weeks in a row. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I can go for it in, in case it doesn't work out, but I reckon it will. Oh, I really like the, that. The, the percentage, the percentage players obviously jack into, well, I don't That's know. That's the issue, isn't it? Which is why like, I liked it, which is why I like Josh into ferret. Yeah, okay. Don't mind it. What about, would you consider doing an Aaron Hall VC into, into ferret or Kelly? Uh, probably not against the Lions. Like they're good. Um, you know, obviously if I bought Lockie Neal and I'd be semi-tempted by that too. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just feel if dogs, cats, there's a lot of players in that, a lot of points. Like I, mm-hmm. I just can't see anyone going massive. So I might actually stay away from that game and, you know, and, and look elsewhere. And I want yeah, to like Kelly it. somehow. I like it. I like it a lot. I think come, that being said, there's almost no chance that I don't vice captain Jack McRae, I reckon, just because he's Jack McRae. But I do like that as an idea. And I think my captain backup will be either Kelly or Merritt, de- depending on how it all plays out. But I do like that as a play, mate. Any final thoughts for everybody? Uh, well, not really, mate. Um, as I said, I've, I think we've said a few times, just don't, uh, ruin your whole season for, for one week's worth of scores. Uh, yeah, try and get to, you know, close to 18, trade, you know, maybe one or, or two of those premiums you've got if you can afford to, um, if you can complete your team with three or four trades left um, and not compromise on picks too much. But, uh, yeah, don't move heaven and earth just to get an extra player or two this week. Yep, I like it. Keep your team mapped out. By now, you should only have a few spots that you need to fill and you should know the players you want to fill those spots. So just work around those two or three players and don't uh, don't overcomplicate it. Right, I think it's a long one, mate. So we should probably wrap this thing up. Uh, good luck, everybody, this week. I think there'll be some pretty variable scoring. So hopefully you climb up the rankings rather than down and uh, we'll be in your ears again next week.